I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk, and I am so glad you are joining us. I am super excited about this, and I know our team is as well. Um, this is a first, I guess, that we've ever been in person, which is really exciting. I'm sitting here with our uh, regional directors, um, and I'd love for them just very quickly to uh, go around and introduce themselves. These are industry legends anyway, but if you don't know who they are, uh, they're going to go around and say, hey, so Steve, go ahead and, and say hello. Thank you. Good morning, David. Uh, my name is Steve Sassi. I'm Regional Director for Latin America. Damon? Hi, I'm Damon Lim. I'm Regional Director for Asia Pacific. Hi, I'm Anna-Marie van Zadelhoff, Regional Director, EMEA. Hi, Ed Sosha, uh, Insight Director for North America. So this is the dream team. Uh, we are so excited to, uh, number one, uh, obviously be together in person, uh, but also get to talk about data center trends that we're seeing in the market. Uh, I think you know people know the, the DCH brand in certain areas, but we're really excited to get to extend that brand uh, to other places across the globe. Datacenterhawk.com is uh, a, a platform that allows data center investors, providers, users, uh, brokers, and vendors to understand the data center market, to see it in a different way, to help make <coughs> decisions faster. And so a lot of that is with specific market data around the commercial real estate side of the data center space. So we take information like market size, absorption, pricing, vacancy rates, and we put them on our platform so that people can make faster, better decisions. You know, one thing with, about this industry is it's very capital intensive. And so if a data center investor or operator is gonna build a data center, there's a lot of money that goes into that. So you wanna make sure you have the best information to make the best decision you can in those type of use, use cases. So. We're very glad you're here. Again, it's datacenterhawk.com. We're going to dive into some uh, industry trends that we're seeing across the regions. Uh, and Steve, I want to start in Latin America. Um, and, and, and before we do, one of the things that I think we're all witnessing in the space is that there's macro trends that are impacting each region similarly. And then when you dive into the micro side, um, you start to see that there's some very different um, things happening. But let's talk about Latin America and maybe some of the demand and growth trends that you're seeing. Today. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, Latin, Latin America was underserved for a very long time. Um, so we're seeing some tremendous growth there. I think so far this year, Q1 through Q3, we've seen about 160 megawatts of absor absorption. Um, that said, that number could have been much higher, um, but there are some power issues in, in uh, Cretaro, which are delaying some projects. So you know, most likely that number could have been in the 250, 300 megawatt range. And just, just to take that back a little bit, 160 megawatts, is, uh, it's about 38% growth from last year. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a big chunk of, of commission power that's been turned up in the first three quarters. And that next year in 2024, once that power issue gets resolved in, in Creta, you're going to see much uh, faster growth yeah, in the region. Sure. sure. And Ana Marie, when you think about EMEA, do you feel like you're seeing the same type of challenges with getting power to sites? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So it's it's it's, uh, it's not only in Europe are here, so that's good. And it's not only <laughs> power constraints in Europe. So uh, yes, but we have a lot of power constraints in Europe as well. And uh, although the power constraints, what we saw is like from 2020 to 2023, it's like one gigawatt of growth on hyperscalers only because they are the majority of getting the power out of the, uh, the grid. But then even what we see for now under construction, and even planned, it's more than four gigawatts. Uh, 
in so Europe. So even with the so power that's like issues, there's still that much planning. Exactly. Even the power issues, still the planning of having more than uh, four gigawatts planned. Yeah, in that now. time, in that time, it's about a 1.1 gigawatts of planned capacity as yeah. well. So yes, I mean they, they keep planning, uh, hoping sure. for the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is only hyperscale, by the way. So that that's really a lot. Yeah. And, and yeah. what does that look like in North America? Ed, from your perspective? <clears throat> well, the power uh, constraints have certainly shifted market dynamics. I think where we've historically seen uh, everybody throwing their chips into the Northern Virginia market. Yeah. Uh, over the past quarter, two quarters, we've really seen that focus kind of shift down to Atlanta. Uh, we've seen more activity in Dallas. We've seen more activity in Phoenix. Uh, and I would say that the leading cause of that is those power constraints uh, in that Dominion territory. Yeah, and it's pushing to larger um, land acquisition, larger site developments, bigger campuses. I mean, we stood on a campus two weeks ago in Northern Virginia, and I mean, these are massive facilities. So the size of these um, projects is growing. Damon, what's that like in the APAC region, just given you know, some of the challenges with bringing power to sites and land acquisition, how does that look today? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Many markets are experiencing constraints in power, and that's affecting both even approved and proposed developments as well. So overall, that meant that absorption was light in 2023. Um, in fact, one of the new markets that will be covering 4Q 2023, uh, um, it's hard to find even three megawatts in the market right now, wow. right? But we are gonna see more than a gigawatt of under construction and plan in 2024, with most most of it live in around uh, 2Q. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, you brought up a couple of uh, trends that are interesting in how they play out in the market. One is you know, a lot of the construction that maybe third-party providers are building um, is, is already pre-leased. So, you know, we, t we talk about, obviously, under construction numbers. And so if you're in the market, a lot of people think, oh, there's so much ha building happening in the space. Can the market get overbuilt? And that's always a, a possibility. But the demand from in all, in all regions has really pushed a lot of these groups to be pre-leasing space. So even though there's a gigawatt that will be under construction or we've got all this planned capacity, yeah. a lot of that gets pre-leased even before the, the site construction starts. So that's one thing. The second thing you mentioned, which was really good, was there's not a lot of even three megawatt sites. You know, if you were a bank or a technology company or an insurance company five years ago and you went to the market for three megawatts in London, there were probably 10 locations you could go Correct. to. Correct. That is not the case anymore. And so I think a lot of those no. enterprise users have gone back out to the market and have realized that it's a different world today mm -hmm. and, and it's right. hard to get space. Yeah, it is hard to get space. And what you see then is that the emerging market is coming up more in, in Europe. So you see more like trends going to Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Warsaw, Prague, yep. maybe even. So we have to see that, what, 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 how does the world play out? How there will be play out, yeah. um, but it's like it's it's really changing the world. So and not even there, what you see in EMEA markets, they're now moving towards the Middle East as well. Yeah, and and so if you did, so let's talk about maybe the emerging markets. That's a great segue. Yeah. Um, in each region, where do you see if, if it's not the big markets that we currently know about? Where do you feel like demand is being talked about, or or, or data center operators are looking at markets maybe they haven't before? Yeah, so I'd say uh, <clears throat> in the U.S., you know, uh, if we think about those primary markets, we're seeing uh, providers and, uh, you know, single-tenant users moving to those sort of sub-markets of those primary markets. Yep. Uh, but we're also seeing a lot of folks land banking and, and trying to find uh, parcels where, the, let's call them powered, uh, powered land buys. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to markets like... 
Council Bluffs, Iowa is something yeah, we've heard quite a bit. That's right. uh, we've heard, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's obviously been quite a bit of buzz around Columbus, Ohio, New Albany, Ohio over the past several months. Uh, and then we're starting to see, you know, markets like uh, Reno, uh, Austin, yeah. and all these markets, of course, David, as you know, we're going to uh, be tracking those here at Data Center right. Hawk uh, because of that increased attention that those markets are getting. Yeah, that's great. And Henri, I want to go back to you yeah. for a second. You, uh, this was probably three weeks ago, we're in the Middle East, um, you know, talking about the growth that is, um, I think, perceived to be coming to that market. But talk about Correct. your Correct. takeaways from that and, and what you think about that region. Yeah, so uh, the takeaways were, were interesting to see because we are quite new into the market of sure. uh, in the Middle East. But um, well, the main takeaways are mainly the growth. So they will be the fast growth, I think, in uh, in the coming years uh, compared <coughs> to even Europe. So Middle East will be the majority of growth uh, that will uh, will be there. Um, and what you also see is that even hyperscalers are moving out to to uh, mm -hmm. those areas. Maybe not the big data centers. What we we were trying to see, we were seeing like 100 megawatts, 200 megawatts. Yep. They will be a bit smaller still, but they're all moving out towards it as well. And they have to be in several countries because of data sovereignty, of course. So sure. that, that's I mean even they they change the laws <laughs> to be sure that it will stay in their countries as well. So that's also quite interesting to see. Yeah, and one of the uh, I think mistakes we can make sometimes in the U.S. is thinking that oh, all hyperscale demand is 100, 200 megawatts. You know, because in certain yeah. areas it's a lot smaller. So you talk about right. that in Latin America and how the demand size has been, you know, different there than it's been in some other regions. Yeah, in that time you you see some hyperscalers which are now just expanding into to other markets besides Sao Paulo, right? So they were in Sao Paulo and Santiago for many years. Uh, now we see them, they're doing some self-builds in Cretaro mm -hmm. with, with uh, sites that are, you know, probably about 30 megawatts sure. each. Um, we did see um, Google announce in Montevideo, Uruguay. Yeah, I mean, so, th that's yeah. more a political play than, sure. than anything else, but uh, they're going to support southern Brazil and Argentina out of, out of Montevideo, okay. Uruguay. And we did see Oracle announce uh, they were the first hyperscaler to go into Bogota, Colombia. They just announced two yep. weeks ago, and they're expanding into secondary markets like Monterey, Mexico. So, so we are seeing this expansion of, 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 the, hyper, of the cloud in the region, and sure. we're also seeing the self-builds in, in Sao Paulo. You know, Amazon and, and uh, Microsoft were leasing capacity for the last 10 years. Yeah. And now they're doing, you know, they've each have built data centers in Sao Paulo to support the, the cloud. So yeah. um, th they're entering the market uh, very strongly and, and they're doing their own, you know, building their own facilities. And then talk about, so you mentioned the cloud um, driving a lot of the growth in Latin America. Let, let's talk about maybe some of the emerging technologies that are shaping the regions mm -hmm. as we see them. Uh, what about AI in Latin America and what's that been like for the, for the market? So AI right now, I think, is probably one or two years out yeah. uh, from hitting the market. I think they're, they're having a challenge just to support the cloud sure. uh, deployments. But, you know, I, I do see an opportunity there. We know AI companies are looking for cheap power. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. And <laughs> there are some options in, in Latin America. You know, um, I know, I know it's, uh, it, it's very new to, to the possibility of a, of a data center market, but Buenos Aires uh, just elected, well, Argentina just elected a new president. Yeah, sure. And if that market opens up next year with this new president, which that's what he's saying he's going to do, <coughs> yep. uh, power in Buenos Aires right now is uh, two and a half cents yes. per kilowatt hour. Yeah. If you compare that to Mexico, 10 cents, or even Montevideo, which is 22 cents, that's an extremely cheap power. So maybe yeah. that's going to drive some AI companies to go to Argentina. Yeah, that's great. It is interesting to watch the um, 
important characteristics of the AI demand versus some of the other demand. You know, less latency dependent. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're, you're packing more density into the facilities, so there's a lot more from a tax incentive side of things. So it's, this is a shift that we're seeing in the markets pushing some of this demand, you know, <coughs> to other places in the markets. And it has the ability to take uh, a, a geography that historically has not had much data center demand and all of a sudden uh, grow it very quickly. If you compare that to like 10 years ago, if you're waiting on the enterprise demand of five megawatts here, three megawatts there, it would just take a lot longer. So you're gonna have uh, areas, and I'd be interested in, Anna Marie and Damon, your thoughts on this, but what, maybe what areas based on these demands will grow and, and, and is AI pushing demand in APAC and, and EMEA? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, with AI, I think David mentioned earlier that the kind of designs that's required uh, yeah. would be different. So it's like 50 kilowatts and above for different kind of uh, cabinets or racks out there. Um, the other thing that's really important to some of these AI companies, um, besides, you know, cost of power that Steve mentioned, would be how green that power is. Mm. So renewable energy availability is very important right now. Most enterprise hyperscalers and even some of these AI companies have committed themselves to use uh, renewable energies for their data centers, right, to continue to protect the environment. And the other portion about it, I think, David, you alluded to earlier, would be government incentives, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, some of these governments uh, out there would be proposing tax incentives, right, if they're helping to build up the digital economy in those countries. Yeah, and Anna Marie, when you think about the, the large demand in, um, in EMEA trying to figure out where it can go, how does that compare, and I think some, obviously some of that's driven by AI, but how does that compare to some of the environmental and sustainability practices that the region is trying to put into place and make sure they can Yeah, they, they have. So, so everything, uh, everybody's actually signed for the Neutral Data Center Pact. Uh -huh. uh, so to be like uh, being neutral in 2023, uh, 2030, sorry, 23 is yeah. a bit quicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 2030, so uh, they have some time to do sure. that. Sure. But they signed for the pact, so sustainability is and renewable energy is extremely important for uh, for the region. Okay. And uh, uh, of course, that's a bit more difficult. Um, but what you see then in the beginning, they will probably go to the north of of uh, EMEA because then the power is really cheap. Mm -hmm. um, so that saves a lot of money. Then even they go to 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 the Middle East also for the AI. But then again, what they're very interested in is liquid cooling. So yeah. everybody's looking to liquid cooling. All the providers are. Yeah. So they're they're looking That's at it. Cool. They're researching it, and um, we see also like Colt <coughs> built a new data center with only liquid cooling. So it is like it's coming up because yeah, 40 kilowatts or more. I mean, the requests are already 7,500 kilowatts mm -hmm. per rack. So they have to. Yeah. So it is quite interesting to see what will definitely happen with, with uh, liquid cooling because we don't know yet. So they're starting it off and that is something to watch. I think. Yeah, For traditionally, years, what will happen. Yeah, it seems like the biggest data center users have been the one that have been pioneering the way with liquid cooling Correct. because they have the, um, you know, the sophistication, they really have the capital and, and, and human side of things to figure out what that might be. I think in order to meet the demand moving forward and the, the densities, that has to change because the, the normal way of engineering and putting together what we would consider a traditional data center will not meet design-wise 
the the uh, design needed to uh, make those data centers work. Yeah, sometimes via very simple things like EdgeConnect was uh, was uh, commenting on that that they said, well, not using any <coughs> generators anymore, but a neutral gas instead of diesel. Mm -hmm. So there are small changes, yeah. make it more modular, very simple. Um, so yes, they are really working on it. That's great. Okay, so I want to finish maybe going around the horn here, and um, that's that's like a show on <laughs> yeah, ESPN. Around, isn't around the horn. There we go. This is the around the horn of the data center world. Um, and uh, just talk about. 2024 like let's talk about yeah. the future i think you know we give great insights on where the market's been where it is today and then i loved getting to hear about where we see it going sure so maybe let's just go region by region and where we think the market will be in 2024 steve i'll start with you latin okay. america sure so in latin america traditionally it's been primary uh, markets primary cities for all these builds we're starting to see secondary markets expanding uh, for example, Rio, right? Rio yeah. and, and Sao, m most of the traditionally most of the data center and the capacity has been in, around Sao Paulo, but now we're seeing about 10 to 20 percent of the hyperscale capacity being built out in Rio. Yep. Um, that also has to do with connectivity and submarine cable, mm -hmm. but access. But uh, so these secondary markets are becoming important, just like it happened in the U.S. You know, 10, yeah. 10 years ago. Sure. Um, we're also seeing, you know, Bogota, Colombia is probably going to be the uh, market to watch in 2024. There's a lot of land banking that's went, gone, gone on in, in Bogota. So um, the hyperscalers have kind of put Bogota on, on uh, just on the back burner for 2023. And so we, we believe that uh, a lot of these providers are going to be uh, building facilities for the hyperscalers in Bogota. Interesting. And then, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Argentina is uh, sort of, I think it's going to be the dark horse here in the market. Um, people haven't talked about Buenos Aires for a long time mm -hmm. because of the political situation, but mm -hmm. that has changed with the new president. If he's able to control the economy and lower the inflation and open up the markets and, and free up the currency exchange, yeah. um, I, I do believe that there's going to be some, some providers going to be uh, buying some, purchasing land in Argentina yeah. uh, next year. Maybe not building in 2025, but purchasing land. Yeah, it's been a big, you know, 2023 has been a big land banking year, I think, for all, yeah. you know, for most regions. Maybe as you get in these secondary or tertiary markets, there's some question marks just because of the things that need to be determined before uh, you, you buy that land. But, um, you know, Damon, you were just in Hong Kong and China last week, um, you know, Sydney earlier, you know, a couple months ago. Where do you see the market going in 2024? Not just those markets, but the greater APAC region. Sure, it's good that you mentioned that. So um, really, you know, in the past, the, the cloud guys were just focused on maybe three, maybe four regions in to serve the whole of Asia Pacific. Now we're seeing that they're going to start looking elsewhere for multiple reasons. One would be you know, the lack of power and availability in Singapore itself, which is why there is a um, competition to figure out who is going to be the next one to replace Singapore, which yeah. country or region is going to replace Singapore. And also they're expanding in multiple places. The cloud guys are expanding multiple places due to data residency rules in all the sure. different countries here in Asia Pacific itself. Um, yeah, and for the land, uh, sorry, for the AI uh, type of companies, it's going to be land and power availability for these guys because like you mentioned you know what used to be 40 kilowatts could be a small enterprise customer sure. is now what would be required for a single rack that's right yeah it's a yeah, totally different yeah it's a totally different market today in so many ways you know the 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 size of the largest customers the size of your the traditional smaller customers i mean it's really adjusted 
the way people are evaluating the market. What do you, you think, Anna Marie, that looks like in EMEA in 2024? Yeah, I said already a little bit about it, but it's like um, uh, all the smaller ones, so to say. Well, what is small? Eh? It's, it's <laughs> already like uh, between one and four megawatts sometimes yeah. is small. Yeah. Um, so they will stay in the flap D markets, and, uh, but also going to the emerging markets due to the power constraints, uh, as we say, as we see. But then for the AI part, will be probably in the first in the Nordics because of the, the lower power uh, costs. But also you see so much uh, supply of a uh, uh, little supply compared to the demand. So mm -hmm. the bridge between that, the, to making the gap for that one, or the bridge, the gap, I have to say, will be Middle East. And that's, mm. that's what we all foresee, that it yeah. will be the Middle East. Interesting and not Africa. So we foresee that Africa will be a little bit later yeah, just uh, in play, but it, for now it's like Nordics, uh, uh, emerging markets uh, like Madrid uh, and Barcelona, Milan, and then also bridging the gap on the supply and demand part will be the Middle East. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Ed, what do you think about North America in 2024, <coughs> where the market will go? Yeah, so <coughs> one thing, you know, I, I think when we used to think about the market, we would say that we have to uh, bring power to the data centers. And sure. now we're saying we have to bring the data centers to the power. Yeah. Uh, so we're seeing point. a lot of people buy <coughs> these land again, uh, this, these parcels <coughs> of land again. Uh, we think about Lancaster, Texas down in yeah. um, uh, south of Dallas. And uh, again, the Council Bluffs. These areas where hyperscalers have been uh, historically purchasing land, trying to build out their cloud footprints there. <coughs> I do think we'll see uh, a resurgence of activity in Northern Virginia again. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a few years down the road when, yeah. you know, Dominion's talking about 2026. <coughs> I think post-2026, there's still some uncertainty there. You're going to have substation build-out, substation development uh, that's necessary. I think Atlanta's going to continue to see uh, increased activity. For reference, about 137% uh, uh, colo growth in Atlanta uh, in the last 12 months. Not bad. Uh, Dallas has seen over 100% uh, colo growth. Um, so, you know, I think these primary markets will continue to see activity, but as that power, uh, as those power constraints kind of continue to create headwinds in the industry, yeah. uh, I think we're going to see folks continue to sort of diversify uh, where they're building yeah, their data centers, going to middle America. Um, <clears throat> Steve mentioned Miami. I mean, with all this. Uh, activity, this increased activity in LATAM, I think Miami's destined for, for growth as well, uh, just being a, being a core point of connection between the two continents. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, when I kind of digest uh, the different regional commentary, uh, it's, it's really exciting because I think there's so many opportunities right now in our space. You know, we talk, we talk to a lot of people in the, the industry, if you think about investors and providers and data center users, and we have a lot of challenges moving forward. I mean, there's challenges with supply delivery, there's challenges with community acceptance, challenges with figuring out the design. I mean, there are definitely challenges to focus on, but I think we all realize that this infrastructure, how important it is to our world functioning, and right. not just here in the U.S., but all over. And, and the more mature this infrastructure gets, um, it's doing things with society that's that's amazing, and so I know for for us it's exciting to be in the space. Um, you know, we just at Dazner Hawk released our new. Um, website. This is probably two or three months ago. So again, you can see at datacenterhawk.com. You can sign up and get a trial or a demo. Uh, we have a number of new markets that we'll be adding to the platform in Absolutely. 2024. Absolutely. So this team will be busy. <laughs> yep. um, and we're really excited about that. And then also too, we, I would just say, feel free to reach out to our team here. I mean, these are industry experts. 
uh, years and years, and I mean this kindly, years of experience. Um, <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I've got some gray hair here. Um, but, but we just want to say uh, thank you for watching and being a part of this. Uh, again, at statuscenterhawk.com, and we look forward to seeing you next time.